plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. And it's game day. Bears at Packers tonight at Lambeau Field. And we'll break it all down today in our usual weekly matchups package. But first, a big thank you for making the Locked On Podcast Network the fastest growing podcast network in the world. You can subscribe to it via iTunes and Android app, and please check out the rest of the Lockdown Network, including Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, and Lockdown Bears with Arthur Arkush. Uh, if you didn't check out yesterday's podcast, please do. It's our weekly Behind Enemy Lines segment, with, and I was with Arthur, a, re- a lot of really good insight into what's going on with the Bears. We'll get into the matchups in a minute, but first, it's first down, and it's the god-awful injury report for both teams. And you know, Commissioner Roger Goodell can spout off all he wants about player safety and and how we got to protect the players and we're on the player side. What? About it? And then they play these stupid Thursday games. And you know, in fairness, the NFLPA has to sign off on these, and which makes both of them, you know, a bunch of money grubbing so and so. I was going to say a different word there. I can't say it probably on on the air. Um, but the next time you hear about player safety, just consider these Thursday games and realize that they're both. I'll screw it, I'll say it. They're both whoring themselves out for money. These Thursday games are terrible. Um, Micah Hyde used the word brutal. Nick Perry also used the word brutal. Uh, Hyde said his body still feels like trash. Perry said he usually feels better by about Thursday or Friday. Uh, Cobb said he's usually better by Thursday or Friday. They're going to play a game on Thursday. It is, it's beyond insane to make these guys do this. And I, you know, I understand, you know, so at least there's a Thanksgiving tradition of doing these Thursday games, but now every team has to do it, and I realize the Bears and the Packers are in the same boat, so no one's no one's whining. But I mean, look at these injury reports, and you know, granted, some of these guys who are out for Green Bay would be out if they played on Sunday. But wide receiver Jared Aberderis, these guys are all out. Seven guys: wide receiver Jared Aberderis with a quad, safety Chris Banjo hamstring, tight end Jared Cook ankle, running back Eddie Lacy ankle, cornerback Demarius Randall groin. Cornerback Quentin Rollins groin, running back James Starks knee. So that's you have to deactivate seven guys to get from 53 to 46 on game day. Well, there's your seven. They're already out. Um, it had been worse if they didn't put shields on IR um, the other day with with this concussion. Um, if there's a couple of uh, bright lights here, it's uh, Devontae Adams who had that concussion on that hard hit by Sean Lee in the Cowboys game. He was limited participation at yesterday's practice with a concussion, and he is um, he is questionable. And right tackle Brian Belaga and uh, wide receiver Randall Cobb are both essentially off the injury report. They, they would have been probable in the good old days when they used to have probable as an, as an option. The Bears, it's going to be interesting to see their inactives list here tonight. Two guys are out. Running back Jeremy Langford, wide receiver, wide receiver Eddie Royal. Those guys are out. 
Among the doubtful group, there'd be Packers, former Packers guard Josh Sitton and big defensive lineman Eddie Goldman. They got a million guys who are questionable, including their corners, uh, Bryce Callahan and Tracy Porter. Tight end Zach Miller's questionable. Uh, outside linebacker uh, Leonard Floyd. Inside linebacker Jarrell Freeman. I'm probably missing some guys here. No big deal. It's a long injury report. Injuries are going to impact both teams. Again, no one's complaining about it as in it's unfair. It's just not right to make these guys go through a, a hard game on a Sunday and have to go turn around and do it on Thursday. And But, hey, anything for a dollar. Right, Kamish? On a second down, and that's the Bears offense against the Packers defense. And if you look on paper, well, if, if you tear that sheet of paper in half, uh, Chicago's offense is dang good. Seventh, seventh in total yards, fourth in passing yards. But somehow... They're 31st in scoring. That just makes, I mean, that just makes absolutely no sense. And you think, well, they must turn the ball over a lot. You know, like, like the Packers did against the Cowboys, where the Packers had, you know, eight zillion yards and couldn't score. No, that's not it either. The quarterback hasn't thrown an interception. They're uh, pretty bad in the red zone. They're, they're god-awful on third down. So they're, apparently they're pretty good on first and second down and then proceed to shoot themselves in the foot after that. Bears haven't scored more than seven... Excuse me. The Bears have scored more than 17 points in just one of their six games. They're the only team in the NFL with that uh, accomplishment, so to speak. Uh, outside linebacker Nick Perry, not happy with his defense last week. Obviously, a chance to rebound this week. He says, when you look at our defense, we have a lot to prove. It was a bad game for us. We didn't put together a winning combination to beat them. We looked at the film, and now we're ready to move forward. Can't do anything about it now, but try to improve each individual and contribute a little bit more. Um, for the Bears, they haven't missed Jay Cutler, and I'm sure, I'm sure you're all surprised to hear that the Bears have not missed Jay Cutler, who's uh, I believe two and twelve for his career against the Packers. Um, Brian Hoyer, the who led the Texans to the playoffs last year before they threw him overboard, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Cutler started the first two games. So in the last four, so Hoyer started four, six touchdowns, six touchdowns, no picks. Since stepping into the lineup, he's number one in completions, number two in yards. He's got a 100.8 passer rating. But again, the, the big thing, the big problem there, as he points out, is is the points. There's a feeling, at least among, you know, like Arthur, when we had Arthur Arkish on yesterday for Lockdown Bears and Pro Football Weekly, his, you know, Hoyer's got to push the ball down the field and, and take some chances with the ball is, is the feeling down there. Hoyer's just not going to do that. He said that, you know, kind of something like Aaron Rodgers, that taking care of the football is paramount, and he's just going to play his game. Look, look, Hoyer lost his job in Houston and got um, kicked off of a playoff team. In part because of that playoff loss to the Chiefs last year, I think it was 30 to nothing. Hoyer, no touchdowns, four picks in that game. I, I think that's really got him, where he's just not going to take any chances with the ball. It's a... Uh, Nonetheless, he's played well enough, if you could ignore the points, which are hard to ignore, obviously, that you wonder if he's going to be the guy when, when Jay Cutler's thumb heals. Um, I, in fact, I asked Hoyer that question during our conference call on Tuesday. Hoyer said, quote, I've done worrying about stuff like that. I've dealt with that in the past. If you let stuff like that creep in your mind, it affects the way that you play. I'm just trying to take it as cliche as, cliche as it sounds, one day at a time, and go out and play the best I can. Obviously, he's going to have some some opportunities against this Packers defense, as 
you know, I just read off, read off the injury report. Green Bay's top three corners are out. That'd be, of course, Sam Shields, who's on IR now with the concussion. And uh, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins with the groin injuries. So that very same secondary that had all sorts of problems stopping Dak Prescott last week. A Dak Prescott offense without Des Bryant, mind you. He's going to have to take on a really potent Bears attack. That means Ladarius Gunter, who Packers fans are just toasting this week. Yeah, he, I am not sure. He played a bad game against the Cowboys, obviously. He gave a couple touchdowns. But did any of you guys who are complaining about Ladarius Gunter, did any of you watch him play Odell Beckham Jr.? Because he was great against Beckham, didn't do anything against him. He was darn good in that, in that uh, Lions game, too. So he's been arguably their best player in the secondary and up, and up until his game against Dallas. So he's clearly got to bounce back. So he's, he'll be one corner. I'm assuming Micah Hyde. Well, well, never mind. I'm going to take that back. The Bears are probably going to throw the ball over the yard. We'll get to that in a second. So, which means there are three receiver sets, which means Green Bay's going to be in their nickel package the whole game. So that means Gunter at corner. Dimitri Goodson, fresh off of that four-game suspension. He'll be at the other corner. And then Micah Hyde will be their nickel slash slot guy. they got a big challenge on their hands. Alshon Jeffrey, 29 catches, 487 yards. He's their, he's their guy. He's their premier guy. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Here's Hoyer on him. Alshon's really good, obviously. Big guy, can go up and get the ball. He's seen some coverages pushed his way, which has created opportunities for other guys. On a short week, we've got to figure out how the Packers are going to play Alshon. The sidekick there was supposed to be Kevin White, their first-round pick in 2015. He missed all of last year with an injury. He's got a broken leg this year, so he's out again. And they also won't have Eddie Royal, their prolific slot guy, with 29 catches for 338 yards and two touchdowns. He won't play due to injury. Uh, that puts more on Cameron Meredith and tight end Zach Miller. You might have never heard of Meredith. He was a former quarterback at Illinois State, shifted to wide receiver late in his career. Bears picked him up after last year's draft, undrafted free agent. Six foot three, so you got, you got six foot three Jeffrey and six foot three Meredith on the perimeter and six foot five tight end Zach Miller. A lot of size there. Meredith 26 for 295 and one touchdown. In his last two games, now that he's stepped in for White, he's caught 20 passes. So he's become a, a go to guy. He I mean, he's a big physical guy. He's fumbled a lot, as, as uh, Arthur pointed out in the behind enemy line segment yesterday. So. Something to look for there. And Zach Miller is their leading catch, re, catcher. Leading receiver with 31 catches and three touchdowns as well, 265 yards. So it can be a big challenge there for Green Bay's beating up secondary. Look, the Bears are going to throw the ball all over the yard because they've thrown it all over the yard in every other game. They're, they're number two in passing percentage. They Basically, if they throw the ball two-thirds of the time, I don't know, the best under any circumstance. So you, you throw in Green Bay's banged-up secondary, you figure... They're going to come out chucking the ball over the yard tonight. Running game's pretty good, though. Uh, rookie running back Jordan Howard, 66 for 330. That's five yards to carry. Howard, I thought the Packers might take a swing at him in this draft. He is a Packers kind of back, 230 pounds. Um, if you don't know Howard's story, he started his career at UAB slash Alabama Birmingham. In 2014, he ran for 1,587 yards, a school record. Then UAB shut down the program, which allowed him to transfer 
to any school he wanted to without sitting. He landed at Indiana, first team Big Ten, with 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, and uh, the Bears somehow got him in the fifth round, a, a really good pick for them, and it's panned out at this point. Dom Caper said, big physical, he's got good run instincts. He had those two 100-yard games back-to-back. You're going to have to tackle this guy. He plants his foot, and then he gets north and south, and he's a big man that gets his pads down. You're going to have to get underneath him. You're going to have to play good leverage. He's done a nice job for them to this point. So it's a bit like Ezekiel Elliott, a big, powerful guy who will either run you over with some elusiveness, and then he's got open field speed, not quite to Elliott's um, standpoint on speed, but he can—he sure can He can move. Offensive line guy, offensive line wise, unfortunately for us, left guard Josh Sitton is doubtful with the ankle injury he sustained at the tail end of the Jacksonville game. So I, I'm assuming he's not going to play. Um, Kyle Long, um, their right guard. Look, the Bears had the best guard. To, Green Bay used to have the best guard. Tandem, I thought with, with T.J. Lang and Josh Sitton at it's obviously now Chicago with Sitton and Kyle Long. Long's a hell of a player. He is a offensive tackle playing guard. He got great movement. Great reach and power. I mean, he's got he is the whole package. And while I mean, you know, I remember here a couple years ago, Sitton had to basically tutor rookie center Corey Lindsley. Same deal here, where the Bears veteran center went out and they had to plug in Cody Whitehair, their second round pick, in the lineup. So Sitton and, and Long have been the veteran bedrocks to help Whitehair progress. Whitehair's a pretty good player, and again, he, he's a guy I thought maybe the Packers might take a swing at. He's a Packers kind of guy who played left tackle at Kansas State. Basically played everywhere at Kansas State. Settled in and center done pretty well. The guys that Packers have to beat are their tackles. Left tackle Charles Leno. Right tackle Bobby Massey. The kind of the weak links there. Leno's a pretty good player, though. I'm not, I'm not downgrading him. Um, he's allowed one sack, only two penalties this year. Massey, the Bears played, Bears played a bunch of money to sign him in the offseason. Look at the sacks. They've given up 13, but this, that's a Jay Cutler stat, not a, not a Bear stat. Cutler, nine sacks and 46 pass attempts. Hoyer's thrown 189 and has only been sacked four times. So this is a pretty good O-line, and the Packers are going to have to somehow get after Hoyer to help out that secondary. And this segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview, which I'll get up uh, a little bit too late here this morning. Home of the world's best preview, some post-game numbers and X's and O's analysis. And great stuff for our members, too. 10% discounts on tickets through Ticketmonster. 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics. That stuff right there pays for your membership. And if you sign up for one month, I will pay for your second month with the coupon code PACREPORT21. And we have some really, really, really cool news coming up for members in the next day or two. Just hang in there. Membership is going to be even better. So... And if you like to, and if your company would like to sponsor this podcast and reach out directly to Packer fans, reach out to me. Email me at Packer or excuse me, Packerwriter2002 at yahoo.com. Once again, Packerwriter2002 at yahoo.com, and I'll give you all the stuff under numbers and demographics and rates and all that kind of good stuff. And that brings us to third down. That'll be Green Bay's offense against the Bears defense in Chicago's unit. Pretty good all around. 11th in yards, 19th in points. Uh, the Packers have spoken very highly of the Bears' front seven. Three of those guys, free agent additions. Defensive end Akeem Hicks and inside linebackers Jarrell Freeman and, and uh, Danny Trevathan. Plus, they added Leonard Flood at outside linebacker with their first-round picks. So that's four newcomers to this defense. 
Um, they could get Pernell McPhee back, their outside linebacker. He's practiced this week after opening the season on Pup. He is kind of a uh, Nick Perry kind of player, a big power guy. Um, he had five sacks in the first seven games of last year, and then he hurt his knee. He played the rest of the year, only had one sack. Um, then he had the surgery, and that's why he was on, on Pup to start the year. So he's a power player. And he'll be if the, Bear, he, the Bears have not activated him as, as I do this podcast, but I, I think the, the assumption in Chicago is that they will. And then the the uh, the guy you got to watch on passing downs is Willie Young. He's got six sacks, and Young and if McPhee plays, those guys are going to be key because as much as Green Bay secondary is a problem, so is the Bears secondary. Uh, like the Packers with Shields, um, the Bears top corners on IR that'd be Kyle Fuller, and then. In their nickel package, their preferred nickel package would have been Fuller and Tracy Porter on the outside. Bryce Callahan in the slot. Well, Porter and Callahan are both questionable. Uh, DeAndre Hawley, a tall, rangy rookie, one of their top backups, he's out. So if Porter and Callahan don't play, the Bears' starting three would be Jacoby Glenn and Devontae Bosby at the corner and Cravon LeBlanc in the slot. Have you heard of any of those guys? I'm a draft geek, and I've heard of a couple of those guys, but this is not a who's who secondary, people. A um, little background here. Glenn is a second-year player, three career starts, one career interception, and that is the uh, th- that'd be the stalwart of that group. Bosby, a first-year player and a waiver claim guy. He's played in one game. And LeBlanc is an undrafted rookie who's played a bit in four games. Obviously, it creates some challenges on a short week as for Rodgers and the offenses. Who in the hell are these guys? <laughs> So a lot of film study in a short week. His writers said, you have to study all the film you have access to, even if you've got to go back multiple games to try to find stuff on guys. You have to dive into that preparation even on a short week and try and pick out anything you can take from that. Injuries are a tough part of this game, especially on a short week and playing on Thursday. It's always difficult when you've played the week before and try to gear it back up when you don't know who's going to play and be out there until 90 minutes before the game. So with that said... Look, you got Eddie Lacy's out. James Starks, out. Your running backs are presumably Don Jackson, who remains on the practice squad as I do this podcast. Ty Montgomery, a wide receiver. And Niall Davis, who the Packers just picked up in a trade. And he'll be around the offense for you know a couple days. With that, and the Bears are going up 3.9 yards per carry. So what do you think the Packers are going to do? Hmm, let me think. What would you do if you're Mike McCarthy? Would you run it with a questionable running back core? Or would you throw it against a beat-up secondary? Well, this is a no-brainer. I mean, the Packers are going to come out chucking the ball, too, I assume, right? As, as much as Aaron Rodgers has struggled, the Packers have to come out throwing the ball. And look, as Vince Lombardi said, winning isn't uh, everything. It's the only thing. Well... There's more of that. The Packers have to win this game, obviously. But the Packers have to look good and do it. They have to come out of this good game feeling good. I mean, they didn't feel great about beating the Giants. You know, especially Jordy Nelson, he's down in the dumps. I mean, they didn't feel great about that game with all the missed opportunities. They've got to come out of this game feeling good that we won the game and we built something. Because this Bears secondary is a disaster. And you've got, and you should be able to win those matchups. Even without Devon, even if Adams doesn't play today, you, know, you 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 should be able to win those matchups and and get some style points and, and get some momentum because you got Atlanta next and then you're home to Indianapolis and then you, then you got a, a three game road trip. This is the Packers absolutely have to win. 
but they have to look good doing it to stop people from like me and you and every other Tom, Dick, and Harry with a computer and a, who, who's able to go look at the NFL uh, Game Pass film and anybody who types stories to stop us from hounding them. And look, you know, never mind any of that. They know. Aaron Rodgers knows. I mean, that's why I said he was going to go home and have a scotch last week. You know, they know that they're, they've got problems and they've got to get them figured out. And they'd feel a heck of a lot better about things if they could put up some good numbers and put some rhythm in the passing game and hit guys in stride and not drop passes and not fumble. In other words, not do any of the things that they've done for most of these first five games and actually put together a passing game that looks like a competent passing game that can go on the road and win a football game. So to me, style is everything in this game. The Packers have to come out throwing the ball and they have to come out being effective to feel good about this game and to build something up moving on forward. And finally, fourth down, a look at the special teams. The Bears got rid of longtime kicker Robbie Gold. Connor Barth has stepped in 8 out of 11 on field goals. Just one of three from 40-plus. That's something to watch tonight on a chilly night at Lambeau Field, how he, how he responds to that. Bears special teams has always been good. Back to the Devin Hester days. Not quite so much now. A big blow with Eddie Royal, who I mentioned being inactive tonight. He's got average 11.8 yards per punt return with a 65-yard touchdown. Ron Zook said this week that their punt return is probably as good as anybody we've seen. Obviously, a big blow there without Royal. Um, Punting-wise, Pat O'Donnell averaging 42.8. But in some opportunities here for the Packers, the Bears have given up a punt return touchdown. In Green Bay's punt return unit, not many opportunities there, but showed some signs of life. Rookie Trevor Davis had a chance for a big return against the Giants and just missed the opening. Didn't miss it last week, though. 25-yard run back against the Cowboys. So some opportunities here for the Packers to make some plays against those Bears special teams. And look, considering the state of the Packers offense, they need to make some plays. Any bit of of, uh, field position they can get will be critical tonight. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check back tomorrow. We'll have our usual post-game podcast with Keith Rordink. And to check out, once again, the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network and my work over at PackerReport.com. Have a great day, everybody, and enjoy the game. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.